All right, let's talk. Sunday slate. Lincoln, again, prize picks if you're not there yet. Very cool, the demons and goblins thing. I didn't know that. Uh, just very good it just got added today. First very day. cool stuff. Uh, running back uh, for the Sunday slate. Let's get into it, man. See what we'll give you Saturday. We'll give you Sunday. Why not? Two great slates, two big contests or contests big across both of them. You're going to get a lot of this. You're going to get a lot of Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Kyron Williams, Tony Pollard. The Zeke spot to me, I don't love 27% Ezekiel Elliott personally. I love Kyron Williams in this spot. Love. You you joined me on my betting show yesterday on the Odd Shopper channel, and we were kind of just gushing over this Rams offense. I, I'll live and die by the Rams this week against the Commanders. It's what I've been doing all season long. Yep, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Welcome to my week. I've been playing them every single week. Last week was the first time out of the middle of nowhere, and they were the lowest owned out of all of them. Didn't matter. Didn't matter, of course, because you had apex Lamar Jackson going out there, but. Uh, Kyron Williams, friends, this is the most guaranteed workload in the NFL at the moment. 7,500, playing 90-plus percent of snaps every single time he touches the turf. 25 carries last time out, four targets. He gets that uh, that that passing game involvement. And Matt Stafford is balling. There's a reason he's going to be the highest-owned quarterback this week. It's Washington, and it's Matt Stafford playing phenomenal football. I see no way away from getting Rams exposure this week, and Kyron Williams at the running back position probably going to be my highest owned by a large margin if he's going to be just 32% owned. Yep. He's popular, but I don't know if it matters, man. Nope. He's going to play like a hundred percent of snaps. So at that point, who cares? You know, they have a 28 point implied total this week. It's huge for the Rams. That's huge. Uh, so yes, I will be doing that. What about, <clears throat> what about Ezekiel Elliott? Cause this is a spot that, what do we have in projected out ownership right now? Pulling it up. What? 26%. It's interesting. That's a lot. He had 96% of the rushing opportunities, 91% of the snaps it, against dude. Pittsburgh. I get I, it. Oh. Is this like the typical play him in cash, don't touch him in That's GPPs what it feels kind of thing? Like. Yeah, That's it does it feel that way. Like. It, I wish I had more nuanced things to say. I mean, this is a massive workload and we've liked every other person with these massive workloads. I've talked about Ty Chandler potentially on Saturday with Alexander Madison out or potentially out. You've got, you know, Kyron Williams here on the top of the board. Talked about how much I love him. It's weird to have Zeke Elliott fall directly into that, but just because it's Zeke Elliott, I have this bias that's sitting there. We'll see if other people do too, because 26% of Zeke Elliott is a tough click. But it is Kansas City. They haven't exactly been good, but they have a 14 and a half Vegas total. This feels eerily similar to what we had last time out against Pittsburgh with Zeke on a Thursday night showdown. And I I mean, I clicked it 100% that night. I, I don't think this is the same situation. We have so many pivots, so many other places to go. And it's not like he's 4,800. He's 5,800 yeah. where there are other guys. I mean, Chuba Hubbard going up against Atlanta, 5,600. We're starting to see him have a massive workload. 23 carries in week 14. 25 carries the week before that, week 13. That's a pretty guaranteed workload for 200 less, and you're cutting that ownership by a third. Um, I know it's an equally terrible football team. I just don't trust Zeke and the Patriots to have lightning strike twice, to, to drastically outperform projections and 
drastically outperform what the sports book had listed for him, but there's no doubt that they don't feel comfortable putting else anybody else out there. So it's going to be an uncomfortable sweat still, but yeah, Zeke, I'm just, I, I don't know how I would click on that at this ownership when there are so many other places to go. The truth is that we have a pretty rough offense for the chiefs, but their defense is still really good. They're not losing games because the defense is falling apart. The defense is really good. So yeah, I guess pick your poison here for me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is Chuba Hubbard. Maybe it is because you look at some of the other guys getting ownership. Uh, if you're talking about less expensive guys, Antonio Gibson is another one where it's in a clearly less appealing matchup, but Brian Robinson, uh, if we just assume that he's not going to play, dealing with that hamstring injury, they're coming off of a bye. If he's not in, I mean, Antonio Gibson probably still sees a lot of work and work in the passing game and the game that has a much higher total. What do you think of the fact that he's coming in around 10% and Ezekiel Elliott is coming in around almost 30 yeah, I mean, we're going to look for you and I, based on the way we talk about our lineups, we're going to be looking for run backs. We're going to be looking for Washington pieces to come along for the ride. And with Terry McLaurin pulling 12.3% ownership out of nowhere, coming off of getting blanked against Miami four consecutive weeks, uh, sub 10 fantasy points, just been an afterthought here. I'm more comfortable clicking on an Antonio Gibson in a negative game script here. I, I think that that could be something that definitely gets steamed up if you don't have Brian Robinson, but um, Jahan Dotson, I feel better about Curtis Samuel. I definitely feel better about trying to involve with some of these Ram stacks. I mean, it just comes down to like it being an afternoon game. We only have three afternoon games here out of this 10 gamer on Sunday, but they all carry crazy totals. 47 and a half San Francisco, Arizona, 50 and a half Washington Rams, Dallas Buffalo, 50 and a half. There's ways to get different and, and move your lineups around. If you have something that's too chalky or being able to react to how your lineups are doing earlier in that day. I think there's no doubt if uh, even with Brian Robinson, if he ends up coming back out there, Antonio Gibson's a really interesting low owned piece, 5,200. He really is. Now, if you're talking about some of these other guys that are getting less ownership, right? Cause you mentioned Chuba and Antonio Gibson. They're both down there compared to Ezekiel Elliott for sure. Um, Saquon Barkley is like the natural pivot off of Kyron Williams. And I don't hate him this week. Look, he is, Kyron Williams just on a worse team in a worse matchup. Like, right, you think about it, snaps, volume, all of that stuff. He's basically Kyron Williams. It's just Kyron Williams has much higher touchdown equity this week. Yes, by a lot. Do you by like any of the, the low-owned guys like Brees Hall? Derrick Henry's not getting ownership. He has three consecutive games with multiple touchdowns. He's not doing a ton in the way of efficiency, but he's 6% right now at home against Houston, who will likely be with Davis Mills this week. So I'm really mad at myself, like very, very mad at myself. I was in Vegas, and uh, the only ticket that I put in when I was out there outside of college football, when I was there for a college football game, I was able to bet two weeks ahead for the Brees Hall, or not Brees Hall, for uh, the New York Jets to beat Houston. And it was like plus 170 at the time, closed like plus 165. And yet I had 0% Brees Hall last week. Like mm -hmm. I'm still so mad at myself that I was that convinced with the injuries and everything else. And that was before tank Dell got hurt that I had that ticket in. And then tank Dell gets hurt the week before it. 
ends up being just a, a whole mess. It ended up being a ridiculous mess there. But some of those look ahead lines, you can get some good value. And the weather ended up being terrible. And Brees Hall goes completely ballistic, yada, yada, yada. I think the low owned guy I want to ask you about, and it, it just comes down to like, I think they're going to get clobbered. They're 14 point dogs, but it is a guaranteed workload with James Conner at the moment. 25 carries, 105 yards, 5,700 James Conner at seven and a half percent. I doubt he gets that high owned. They're 14 point dogs, but they have a higher Vegas implied total than that of New England. And Zeke, Zeke is pulling so much ownership there. Don't I have to just take that $100 less, go to James Conner and try to pivot in a couple of those lineups? It's not a bad point at all. Yeah. I mean, the 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 one, one approach would be just not play heavy doses of either of them. But yeah, I mean, if you're, you're talking a similar workload, still a better quarterback and Kyler, right? Uh, yep. Brutal matchup. At least they're at home. You mentioned that playing from behind, that's the only thing that kind of sucks here is like, Will James Conner be heavily involved enough as a pass catcher if they go behind a lot early? Yeah, but it would feel better. They have Michael Carter there now too, right? That's the that's the annoying thing is that he is there for passing game involvement. Yeah. I'm not going to click on Michael Carter. Uh, I think Di Mercado is practicing this week too. So there's a chance that he comes back and you could maybe look at a diluted backfield. But what it's been is, is they want to just keep testing out Kyler Murray. This is going to be a really interesting couple spots here for for Mr. Kyler Murray and company uh, to, to kind of test out who he is. I, I got to pull up their schedule here again, but interesting best ball implications. I, I thought they had Washington in one of their last three games, but I can't remember. We'll see. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, San Francisco. Who had Washington? Uh, Arizona. What was no, that? Was the best first ball game playoffs? of the season, actually? Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Um, Kyler Murray, he had like a very interesting path here for. Uh, the playoffs from what I was looking at, because that was, was like the big debate I had was like, oh, do I want to take Kyler Murray at his current ADP and just jam him in some spots? I kind of like took the coward's approach and just got a little bit um, at the end of the day. But uh, this is not a good spot. That is for sure. San Francisco, uh, this will be a test. And hey, if he plays well here, you know, Arizona will probably feel a lot better about their decision that they're going to be sticking with him and that they played him out here. This number's jumped from 14 down to 12 and a half now, which I find to be a little bit surprising. I mean, 13 and a half was kind of the prevailing number the last two days there, but I'm splitting hairs. That really doesn't have anything to do with James Conner's potential workload here, but they want to test out Kyler Murray with all of his tools and all of his best players out there. That was always kind of the goal, I think, to, to see what his value is going to be on this squad long-term. I think he's proven himself to be pretty serviceable and to, to be a, to be a decent enough quarterback where they don't need to go reaching for one in the draft. So I think, uh, I think James Connor probably going to be out there quite a bit, barring this being a crazy blowout, which is definitely possible. Anybody else at running back you want to get to? I think I've hit, by the way, I think I've hit on the guys. I like, I, I will just one more time point out that despite Taji Spears involvement recently, I still don't think Henry's the craziest play because if they do, if this offense plays well and they play with a lead because CJ's job was not at practice yesterday. So the, you know, the prevailing logic here is that he's not going to play like this is their future. Uh, and it's going to be Davis mills. And not only is it going to be Davis mills, but now Nico Collins who went, who missed last uh, part of last game with that calf injury is, is not practicing. Didn't practice tank. Dell is done for the year. 
this offense is looking more and more like the offense that we saw last season, which won two games. And one of them was Lovey Smith just giving a big fuck you to the organization <laughs> on his way out. So right. Great. Which by the way, Lovey Smith did them a huge favor because they got CJ Stroud at number two, which yeah. is crazy. But if they go up early, Derrick Henry could see like the 25 carry game. And you know, if they get close to the goal line, it is the Derrick Henry show through and through. I want a little bit of Derrick Henry, even though he's probably, he might be a little bit overpriced. He's probably where he should be, but positive game script potential here at 6% ownership. I can't, I can't ignore it. Yeah, I'm not going to ignore it. And and I was going to talk about researching this last night. I was like, I'm pretty sure Tennessee defense ends up being the defense I get to most on this slate. Um, but I'm sure they get steamed up. We have them at like 3% right now. That was one of the first things I looked for. But Derrick Henry, 6,900. Did you know he eviscerates Houston, Luffy? Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Yeah, yeah, not that the Houston Texans change as a team over the years, yep. but... Hey, if we want to use that, why not, right? Uh, there, there might have been a little facetious there, but oh, I know, uh, I know. Well, yeah, I know. Ceh, Jerick, I was having fun with it. Jerick McKinnon, Ceh, last guys to throw out there. It's split, but Jerick McKinnon, you know, you're getting that passing game involvement. I'm worried that maybe people click on him more because he had the quote unquote better game last week, and maybe I just have to go to Ceh. But considering nobody's clicking on them, New England's defense has been serviceable. It is on the road, but. Maybe try to mine something out of that backfield, but nothing sub 5K for the first time, I think, all season long. It is true, though. He does absolutely crush Houston. <laughs> he does. If you if you look at some of the numbers, I'm like, uh, okay. Like, I don't ever want to just say, yeah, there's roster turnover. Yeah. But he's had like three 200-yard games or something against them. I think them. four. So, four? It's... Oh, wait, I tweeted. Hold on. I, I Somebody, I saw something about it, like, I don't know, last week where it's like, get ready for Derrick Henry in the best ball playoffs. If you got him in the advance rate, it's like he's going up against Houston. I'm like, oh, I don't, I, I can't fucking do this. So I remember tweeting about this this year, last year. Matter of fact, it was, it was December 21, 2022. Uh, Derrick Henry, this is what I tweet, has Derrick Henry has almost a thousand rushing yards in his last five games against the Texans. <laughs> Holy shit. Derrick Henry, steam. Oh, man. Just uh, let's let's pipe down because I want to play all the Tennessee defense and Derrick Henry. So that's. Yeah. That's but here's the cool thing. Like, forget about the matchup. Forget about all that. He, he he's it's a good it's a good spot, you know, in the event that that Stroud is out. And we you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it, Did you see could... his catch last week, too? Did you I see that it. catch? Oh. He had like a, he only had one catch in the entire game, but it was like an athletic over the shoulder, ran a route. It, he got targeted probably like 10, 15 yards downfield. And I was like, Derrick Henry making like a crazy athletic play. And I mean, he's an athletic freak, but I'm just saying, I don't think of him as being like that pass catcher in space kind of a deal. I think it was Xavier Howard that came in on coverage on him too. It was impressive stuff where I'm like, shit, why don't we just do that with Derrick Henry every single time? Because him out on the field definitely stacks a box a little bit more than a Tajay Spears does. So not I've that Tajay Spears is bad because Tajay is good, but Derrick Henry is um Derrick Henry, if he can do shit like that, my God, it is outrageous watching him. 6,900. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a spot we might have to click. And oh, Rashad White, that's the last guy to throw out there. 7K. The passing game involvement he has is just stupid. Did you know he has not had under 15 fantasy points since week six? It's amazing. He's just like Mr. He's Mr. Consistent. He doesn't do anything crazy. 
but he's Mr. Consistent for sure. You know who else is Mr. Consistent? Matt Gajeski when it comes oh. to his college football and college basketball projections. Dude, I'm telling you, I do the Stochastic Hall of Fame segment every single week. I have never seen one single person credited more with people's wins than Matt Gajeski in my life. It's ridiculous. All the time. Matt, thanks for the projections. Crushing it. And then it's like three three screenshots from the same guy every week. Like I'm saying, you could have one person that has three different screenshots from college sports and then another one that has three or four from the same week. Like, hey, your projections, Matt, they're killing it. Well, for bowl season coming up, guys, 50% off all of our college football, all of our projections, all of our data, everything from Matt Kajewski. This guy told me on the show, oh, by the way, all of our college basketball is included in that. Links in the description and in chat. If you're looking to get in on the best, in my opinion, best college football projections and basketball projections out there. And if you know anything about Matt, you'll believe it. He just told me this morning, Eric, that he watched every single snap from the USFL season so he could chart routes run. The dude is a disturbing human being. I love him at the same time that I, I truly am worried for his long-term, like his long-term ability it's to insane. live because his, his way of doing things is just insane. I don't think people understand. It takes a lot to have elite projections. It takes a lot of time and effort in any sport to have elite projections. Matt's brought it every single day, all the time in the college football, college basketball streets. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a day where I'm like, mm, this seems off to me. This seems crazy off to me. It's incredible how consistent he is in those streets. He's, he is. So I, I can't, this is as cut and dry as it gets. If you want to win playing college football and college basketball, um, and you want the projections and the ownership and the matchup data and the player usage, 50% off right now. Link in the description and in chat. Heading into bowl season. No better way to do it. All right. Wide receivers. Man, it's only a 10-game slate, but we are pretty loaded. Pretty loaded with a few guys. Now, the funny thing to me is you have CeeDee Lamb and Stefan Diggs in the same game. Ben and I broke this down a lot when we talked about it earlier in the week. But if Stefan Diggs really is only 8% at that price point, I I think this is a game that Buffalo wins. I I have to I have to get some digs if he's 8% owned against Dallas in a 51 total game. Yep. It's a 51 total. Weather looks good in Buffalo. Uh that was the first thing that I, I wanted to double yep. check and like that's that's always a big deal because you can get some of these December games that have these 50 totals and you just want to be jamming the under. There's a reason this total is just staying where it is. Stefan Diggs, eight and a half percent here. Last couple of weeks, Philadelphia, Kansas City. I mean, the Philadelphia game kind of disappointing because a couple of those targets, if you could have brought them in, you're looking at 25. It ended up being a lot of uh, other guys there from the Buffalo side of things, specifically Gabe Davis, who went completely nuclear in that spot. But 8,400, we're now getting a price point in a game environment that is just getting better and better. I like C.D. Lamb a lot, but 17.2% ownership coming in his direction as opposed to Diggs for 800 less. I'm with you. That's just like a very glaring ownership deal. But I mean, there's no doubt about it. Cooper Cup, 7,800. Hi, how are you this fine day? I'm with you, man. It's it's just it's a pure ownership play. Like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Now, Gabe Davis is getting 
virtually no ownership whatsoever. The craziest thing about him, though, man, uh, yes, I'm going to take you to the game logs for a second because yeah. it's it's remarkable. Last game, zero fantasy points. Game before that, 25. Zero, 10. Zero, 24, one. Going back his last eight games. Do you know, Mon- you want to know my combat for that? Because I truly think Gabe Davis is like the unlocks Josh Allen ceiling guy. Like he is. I don't ever play tough. Gabe Davis by himself. I only play Gabe Davis with Josh Allen. And I feel a lot better for it. I mean, we had 43.6 fantasy points from Josh Allen against Philadelphia week 12. It was a nuclear Gabe Davis spot. You go to a nuclear week eight against Tampa. And you just, you can do this like all day with him. Week eight, Tampa Bay. Oh, of course, 23.7 from from Gabe Davis. It's wild because I know it's a deep shot, like more of a deep shot guy or just somebody who, when he gets in the mix, it just unlocks Josh Allen's ceiling to another crazy extent. So I'm not saying that Josh Allen to Josh, uh, to Stefan Diggs skinnies are a problem, but I'm just letting you know that this entire season, every single Josh Allen ceiling game has come along with Gabe Davis. And it's kind of crazy. I, I think it's just something you want to keep in mind. And I'm I, I'm going to have doubles, I'm sure, of them as well. Again, this is an afternoon game where I think you could probably get to them and they'll be lower owned than the Cup, Nakua, Stafford combination in the afternoon slate. That three-gamer afternoon slate is bonkers. Every game, high totals, offense everywhere. I'm going to be playing a lot of the ownership game, but just want to throw it out there. Gabe Davis, skinnies with Josh Allen. I've done crazier things and I probably will do it a couple of times this week. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. Jacksonville Uh, week five. Look at that. Uh, Josh Allen. Again, it's like every single one 31. So every single 30 spot that we've had from Josh Allen this season has come with Gabe Davis along for the ride. It just sucks because your lineup's dead if Gabe Davis gives you a goose egg. again. But you lose so many times in NFL DFS anyway, that it's like, well, if I can hit the ceiling two or three times out of the 15 that I play oh, in under sure. own Josh Allen and a 1% Gabe Davis, I think you'll take that. For sure. Absolutely. I'm yeah. just saying it sucks. you have to go yeah. into it with the understanding that it could be a, a zero. It's never fun. What do you make of this DeMario Douglas ownership? He practiced, so I, I get it. He'll be projected for double digits. I get it. He'll be a cash play. You're going to click on him if he plays. I think Wandale Robinson in New Orleans probably gets some ownership here too. We're starting to see him involved a lot, a lot more. Tommy DeVito kind of been keying in on him. I didn't see the news. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's not going to be playing when when he gets activated, is he? Because he's he's right now got the potential um, of, of coming off of IR, but I doubt that they're going to play him here because Tommy DeVito's just taking over the universe right now. They no, do- um, or go ahead. No, I was just saying $3,700 Wandale Robinson could be like that pivot, but he's pulling 15% ownership himself. So I think you're playing somebody in cash in that range for sure, just to make everything else work. But um, Demario Douglas, there's no other soul out there in New England. And I mean, he had seen seven targets in uh, four consecutive games leading into the injury, into the concussion. So I think Demario Douglas, if he's back out there, Chief secondary has been better, but yeah, I, I I understand the ownership why it's there. Tyrod was activated last game and we backed up DeVito. Okay, thank you. So I we have to assume that it's going to be DeVito, but maybe not. For sure. Uh, guys, I'll keep this one quick. Cooper Cup to uh Puka Nakua, 
two guys obviously i like this i know you like them a lot as well it's both of those guys you know do get targeted downfield 14 deep attempts for the kua this year 12 for cup but in in many fewer games uh and and one other guy i want to throw out there virtually no ownership if you're trying now this is he might not even play but if tutu atwell clears the concussion protocol at 3500 if demario mm-hmm. douglas is going to be chalk right like if if these guys so if wandale robinson you know mr you know catch it at the line of scrimmage don't get me wrong i don't hate him but it's not a great matchup if he's going to be 15 percent on i will take some shots on tutu at well he has he's tied for for the team lead with deep targets 20 plus yards downfield with 14 on the year washington simply cannot stop the deep ball i do think he's live for one or two deep targets and if you connect on one of them against the worst team in the league on downfield ball opportunities then I don't mind attaching him to some double stacks with Matthew Stafford if I'm looking to pay up elsewhere. I'm totally there with you. I think that makes a ton of sense. I'm I'm I would be happy to be getting there as well. Um, last guy I'm going to throw out is DJ Moore. He's 0.9 percent. Cleveland terrible spot here traditionally. They've been leading to a couple more shootouts, and it's just an opportunity thing. If he's going to be getting double digit targets at one percent here. Cleveland just had kind of a pseudo shootout last week. I don't know what they're doing with this Joe Flacco stuff. I, I, I assume that we were going to get him playing. Why did he revert to the practice squad? Like he's going to be the starter here for the rest of the season, I would assume. But um, I, I like DJ Moore here, 6,900. If we're going to see him with absolutely no ownership whatsoever. Yeah. DJ Moore is good. It's very good. I loved him last week. Uh, I had a lot of singles with him and and Justin Fields. Didn't matter that I needed more. Not from them. They were good. Even had a rushing touchdown. Like it worked, but it's a tough matchup. Cleveland at home, good defense. They do have some banged up defensive players though. Missing a top safety. What about Garrett Wilson? If nothing else, we know that was if nothing else, we know that if Zach Wilson's a quarterback, he's going to target him double-digit times. <laughs> that's that's what I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think that's safe to say you should throw it to the tall, really athletic guy amongst your wide receiver core of absolute dunce caps. Uh, Garrett Wilson is ridiculous, 5,800. I just, I, I don't know if I can do it. I mean, last week against Houston, love to see it. Zach Wilson, hey, good for you, kid. Like, ends up playing through it. Not that anybody feels bad for like a kid who's out there just banging every mom in New York, living his life. Like good for you. But Zach Wilson, good to see him on the comeback tour. 4,900, not going to be playing him at all, but Garrett Wilson, 5,800. I could see him being a piece that, uh, that stays about where he is in terms of ownership. I I would have no problem with him. He probably just going to be somebody I end up neutral to. Okay. That's fair. I don't know what to make of this Miami team anymore, man. I Tyree kill plays. That's one thing. We don't know if he will. Uh, without Tyree Kill, this offense is totally neutered. They really are. I, I don't think anyone would argue that. Yes, you have Raheem Mostert and Devon HN. That's great. Jalen Waddle's good. But man, without Tyree Kill, that's tough. He said he texted his his wife in the game, and he's like, this shit hurts. He said he felt like his ankle is just gone, and then she told him to get his ass back out there. His um, wife is so cool, dude. That, I mean, if there's anything I've learned, Tyree Kill, I mean – that his wife is badass gets yeah, the I mean, nachos spilled on her in the first of that hard knocks. Got 
I didn't watch it, but I don't know if that's either. I don't know if that's encouragement or a threat, you know? So <laughs> what, when you're like, get your ass back out there. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I can't move. And she's like, well, get out there. I love her. Yeah. Either way. My, my yeah. wife finds her to be extremely attractive too. So I'm okay with that. Oh, she's hot for she's sure. She's so hot. And, and, and she's like awesome and cool on the show. We've been watching it together. Anytime I can get my wop, my, my wop, huh? what am I saying? Anytime I can get my wife to watch like documentary sports of yeah, anything. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's the best. Like we've watched David Beckham. I, I'm like, we got to, we just got to go through the entire tour of everything. The golf documentary on Netflix, F1. We've watched like all of them together because like, I don't know. It's like all I want to watch anyway. So uh, she, she loves her. She thinks she's a badass. I'm like, that's, that's fine by me. We'll. Any reason that I can just watch that on a on a Thursday night instead of like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which makes me want to vomit. <laughs> well, Tyree Gill didn't practice yesterday. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that even if he doesn't play, I don't think I'm going to be in love with Jalen Waddle. Maybe that's surprising, but I would I, like Jalen Waddle more if Tyree Gill does play because then he yeah. doesn't have to deal with Sauce Gardner as much. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but it's Gardner, it's Reed. They got a great yeah. secondary opens up the field a little bit more to maybe have Waddle be effective. But Waddle as a number one isn't my favorite idea in Me the neither. world. Me neither. Uh, but yeah, by the way, Garrett Wilson is fourth in targets among the entire league. Like if nothing else, if nothing else, he's going to have opportunities. That's all I can say. And th with that in mind, you can do worse than that, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. probably around the field, but you can do worse than a guy that's getting targeted 12 times per game uh, at yes, 5,800, no less. Any other receivers? Oh, uh, I like Amari Cooper at 6K. Flacco's thrown 44 and 45 times in two starts. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I heard someone saying, yeah, they want to run the football. I don't really know if they do, if we're being completely honest. I'm not really sure if, like, yeah, you want to run the football when you have Nick Chubb. Like, I'm not sure if, if, if Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt instill enough confidence to where you're like, no, we're ground and pound, chew them up and spit them out offense. Sure, you want to do it, but like Flacco threw 44 and 45 times. And one of those games they played for with the lead, the entirety of the game against Jacksonville. I think Cooper cup has legitimate 12, 13 target upside against the Chicago secondary this week. Yeah. It's like the uh, super Mario uh, gift pull up, let him cook. Like it's Jeff, Joe no. Flacco out there chucking dude. It is just insane to see. I don't mind that at all. Mari Cooper's just fine for me. DJ Moore in that same game environment. I mean, this is just a really, really low-owned spot. We have a ton of high totals. This is not your typical, what is it going to be, 15, 16, December 17th slate. Like This is not a typical week 15 slate. We have high totals everywhere, even in colder game environments, because, well, the weather is just kind of appealing, or we're getting a lot of these shootouts in domes, or you know, San Francisco, Arizona, or things of that nature, which leads me to the last one. I mean, every single week, Brock Purdy to this guy, this guy, and this guy. I mean, Debo's gone completely nuclear the last two. Ayuk is now the cheaper between the two at 7,200. I really like that. I don't know how much George Kittle I end up getting to, but uh, it's going to be definitely easy to get to the wide receivers. Did you know Arizona, the best in the NFL at preventing tight end targets? They have the fewest targets and the fewest fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. So... 
Uh, Kittle might not be on my radar this week, but these wide receivers and McCaffrey certainly are. I think you just blindly play them. Don't completely hate the idea. This this I've done a couple of times here lately. Juwan Jennings has been on the field a little bit more too. You get in some of these blowout spots, he just ends out on the field a little bit more. I don't completely hate the idea of making him like a salary like a, a salary saver in your stack, making that kind of the double path. Okay. I can appreciate that. Why not? I just hate that. Fuck I it. just hate that offense. Oh wait, I'm sorry, Juwan Jennings. I thought you were saying Juwan Johnson. I was gonna say Oh, Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings. Jennings, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's thirty six hundred. He's not projected for much, but again, you're you're looking for that differentiator that can go along for the double, and I think he could do that. Brandon Cooks is one percent owned. That's interesting. Ooh. Gabe yeah, Davis we- is gonna be low owned. I don't mind having those secondary slash tertiary options in a fifty one total game as stack attachments with you and like very little ownership last guy before we get to tight ends what about deandre hopkins we talked extensively about derrick henry what about deandre hopkins another guy that has a young rookie quarterback just leaning on him heavily as he should it's a good decision it's really good for your uh it's really good for your portfolio your your long-term contract to just target on the guy who's always open and deandre hopkins it looked like he was always open against miami Houston's defense has been better, but as you said, I, I do think just this is this is going to be a wonky spot here for Houston going forward. You want to be careful with C.J. Stroud, and we could just be targeting Houston every single week here the way that we did last season. And I think Hopkins, 6,200, you're not paying nearly the tag that you are for some of these 7K, 8K guys that have nearly the exact same opportunity. So I'm with you. DeAndre Hopkins, 6,200, not a bad look at all. Uh, we had a question in chat. Joey said, no one talking about Jaden Reed against the pass funnel offense. No, he's going to be popular. Jaden Reed's going to be pretty popular. Yeah. His, <laughs> his, the other thing too is like PPR. His his value right now is so buoyed by what they're doing with him in the running game. If they get Aaron Jones back, I'm a little bit worried about chalk Jaden Reed. Um, he averaged he's three had, yards per reception last game. Yeah. Yeah. Three yards per reception. Four carries for 38 and a touchdown. They've been doing these end arounds with Jaden Reed. He is crazy fast. He's he's athletic AF, but do you want to be doing that if Aaron Jones gets back on the field? I think he was close to coming back last week. It's a bummer because, again, Aaron Jones is somebody that I really, really like. I don't know what that workload looks like between him and A.J. Dillon because A.J. Dillon, you know, if that hamstring is bothering him, they're fighting for a playoff spot themselves, so they want Aaron Jones on the field. I bet... I end up being way below on Jaden Reed if he's back. Yeah, not much of a disagreement there. Romeo Dobbs, just such a big, they love targeting him in the end zone too. Uh, he's someone that's that's not crazy here. At tight end, Jordan, did you run the Sims? At tight end, we've got uh, Trey McBride, very popular. God, it is a position this week that actually, in my opinion, looks better on the Saturday slate than it does on a bigger Sunday slate. There's not a ton here. Yeah, McBride, 50, 50, yeah, 5,200. Chig getting 13%. And Joku at 13%. Um, Kraft around 12%. The crazy one is Kelsey at 10, only 10%. But you know, people are people are getting away from him. I, I do wonder, like, is this a week if Kelsey really is not popular to go back to him? Or are we just so kind of gun shy on the, the Chiefs right now? 
I'm we should be a little bit gun shy on the Chiefs should, at the sure. moment. It's uh it has not been pretty by any means. You also don't have really any semblance of a running game. Isaiah Pacheco had been buoying this offense quite a bit. I mean, the last couple of weeks, 15 carries against Vegas, 18 carries, uh, week 12, week 13. Him out in week 14 was actually a big deal. And it was just to the entire complexion of the offense. They didn't have anything going with with Clyde Edwards Alaire. That's where I think like Jarek McKinnon might have more utility between the two of them simply because they could say, screw it. We're going to throw on every damn down because we have Patrick Mahomes and Jarek McKinnon is our pass catching back. And there you go. But Travis Kelsey, 7,600. I mean, he obviously has the highest ceiling of everybody there, but how do I spend 7,600 for him when I could be spending that 7,600 at the wide receiver position where there's like 20 guys that we listed off. It's like, the one guy here at the tight end position, you have to fill the position, but I, I think a quote sub three K those are some ridiculous savings. Tucker craft three K. I think that's doable. If you get 10, 15 from those guys, you know, that is outrageously good value. And then I'll just take my shots shuffling through all the wide receivers. And as long as I avoid 30, 35 from Kelsey, I'm in a really good spot. I think Ferguson and commit these like four K guys, this is where it's really, really interesting. David Njoku had the massive game last week uh, behind Joe Flacco. Looked really, really good. He had already kind of stepped into an elite role here. Had been running more routes, been on the field nonstop here over the course of the last 10 weeks. But, I mean, these 4K guys, I'm very curious who you want to land on there, if anybody, because it seems as though that slate where it's like, if I'm not getting to Trey McBride, who has the best role out of the tight end position in the NFL right now, or these super, super cheapies, like even Conklin, somebody that I'm probably going to have some shares of at 3,100. This mid-range is just difficult for me to parse through. It's real difficult. And, and it could become, things things could could look a lot different come Sunday for two reasons. If Tyler Higby doesn't play, mm-hmm. then you're talking about Davis Allen uh, in a spot that, that we really love for the Rams. He's 3,300. And if Dalton Kincaid, who's dealing with yeah. a shoulder and a thumb injury, doesn't play, you could be looking at a $2,700 Dawson Knox, who I assume just becomes instant chalk. As he should be. He, 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 should. he would, be. I would I would have a ton of Dawson Knox in that game. A ton. Yeah, I don't a, care what he's up. It's a bummer, too, because the Buffalo Bills, they love running 12. They finally got to run 12 again, where they had Shakir off the field a little bit more. Shakir had been good in, in 11 personnel, but they want to play 12. And having Kincaid get dinged up as soon as they get Dawson Knox back is so ironic. Um, it's like rain on your wedding day. But we're looking at Dalton Kincaid, 5,300. If he plays, I would have interest as a really low-owned piece with that Q-tape next to him. But I'm with you. I think 2,700 Dawson Knox probably becomes your chalk of the entire position if if uh, Kincaid's out. FF Doom, curious. Will you guys be hedging your remaining best ball team's exposures with your DFS picks? No, I will not. Oh, it's too much to do. It's too much. And it's always dependent on 11 other teams in your best ball bracket. So like good luck hedging out 11 ways with overlap that you're surely going to have with those teams. But also I don't want to make worse lineups as a result. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into only be, you know what I mean? Like being limited to certain players because I do or don't have best ball exposure to them. Mike Lawrence said, yeah, he said, personally, I think it's easier to hedge best ball exposure with the prop market. You're right. It is like, that would be the way to do it uh, in the prop market. But also it's, it's a little bit different because in the prop market, it's, you know, bet a hundred to win 90 and not try and bink a million or a hundred thousand dollars. Not only that, but like, I think 
when you're talking about betting, like everything's a good bet at the moment that you make it. It's either positive EV or it's negative EV. I don't want to embrace negative EV bets just for the sake of like having of something. You have to of find the ones winning. that are good first. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. No, I'm not. It's too much work for me. My brain can't handle all that. <laughs> uh, so screw it. Uh, Joey said, by the way, first time joining the chat, but want to thank you guys for all your insights. I binked the 200K power sweep at the end of October for 50K. Your weekly shows have been invaluable. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I absolutely love to awesome. hear that and appreciate you for that uh, for sure. And look, we, we lean on a lot of stuff here. We lean on the tools, on ownership, on the top stacks tool, our projections, the Sims tool, which you can pull up now, Jordan. Uh, again, if you guys aren't in on that yet, we, we've just seen so many huge winners with that lately. I, I keep bringing up Aton. Aton considers himself a non-DFS sharp, right? He does betting stuff. Mm -hmm. He just plugs some lineups in without making any adjustments for the showdown slate between the uh, Patriots and Steelers. And he binked $5,500 on like an $80 entry. Just, just binked. Binked. All he did was plug it in, hit run simulation and won. To make like that's the type of stuff there. It's like you can make your own ROI adjustments. You can adjust your projections. You can adjust exposures and ownership and stuff like that. Or you can go into it and trust that the tool is giving you really good, highly simulated ROI lineups that are going to put you in a position to be in contention every week. And we know with football, we know for a fact. Like a lot of weeks, even if you're playing good lineups that, you know, pre-simmed ROI looks great. We know that a lot of weeks you're not going to cash because it's a small sample size. There's a lot of variance in football and you only have so many times to hit it. But the more you put yourself in a position to win, it's going to happen. So if you're ever interested in any of this, guys, weekly and monthly are down there for the Sims tool. Uh, it's it's a game changer. I use it every night for NBA. I have a newborn. I have a three-week-old child. I have a two and a, almost three-year-old. I don't have time to be late swapping. And I just use the late swap tool. I get my lineups in and I let it do its, I let it work its magic and it's been working. So um, let's pull it up and see what we've got here for the Sunday slate. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. So exposures. Oh, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen to Ezekiel at Highest I knew creepers. it was going to happen. I knew it was coming. Here's here's what I will say. We're early <laughs> in the we're early in the week. Things can change. I get why it's giving us that uh, much though coming off the volume, but boy that is fucking scary. <laughs> pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. Oh, it's going to be just brilliant when I everything that I again, I, I want to say this. This is the amazing thing about the Sims tool. There are a lot of things and priors that I had that I no longer have. One thing is just being able to give up. We have these shows to talk through slates, to talk through situations, you're hand building, you're putting things together. Any lineup portfolio of 150 lineups, these are building out for large field tournaments. You know, we have 10,000 lineups that are being put together. They're ranking them against each other and they're spitting out the top highest expected ROI with 10,000 simulations. It makes sense that you would have a guy who's getting 90 plus percent of the snaps, all of the passing game role, all of the rushing opportunities, even as a 14 and a half point team, because I think a lot of what's going to happen is exactly what we talked about. People are going to be like, ah, oh, do I want to play Zeke at this ownership? And this is a little bit easier to get to. He's $5,800 and the Sims tool, it's smarter than you. It's smarter than me. It's smarter than all of us. And it's going to be able to take all of the, the riffraff and put it into play. So 
it's uncomfortable, but I totally understand why early in the week, Ezekiel Elliott has infinity ownership. Jordan, go to lineups. L- last time I faded the Sims tool, <laughs> like a moron, thinking I was smarter. Um, I w- we had a guy win the Millie, remember? And the Spy won a million and a hundred K with the lineup simulator. The other guy won the play action for a hundred K. Mm-hmm. Last time I faded and thought I was smart, I went back to our Sim Strategy Show, which Greg and I will do tomorrow for Saturday and Sunday. Make sure you're here at 11 Eastern. And I looked over the lineups a week later. The third highest, the third ranked lineup would have finished seventh in the Big Millie, would have finished first in the Spy, would have finished first in the Power Sweep, first in the Red Zone. <laughs> so I said, all right. I threw my hands up. I said, fuck it, man. What am I doing here? <laughs> Anyway, um, uh-huh. how about that top ROI lineup? Will Levis, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke. We have Collins in right now, by the way, but he might not play. Hopkins, Garrett Wilson, Chig, McBride, and Bills. It's a double stack with uh, Tennessee. Oh, how about second one? Josh Allen, mm-hmm. McCaffrey, Zeke, Wandale, Terry, Shakir, Chig, Diggs, and oh, okay. So a double with Shakir and yeah. Stefan Diggs and Patriots D, which I don't even hate Patriots D at all. Yeah, I'm going to be obsessed with Khalil Shakir if you end up getting Dalton Kincaid out. They're just going to put him right back on the field for a bunch of snaps. Like that's just, there's at least some familiarity they have with that game plan here now. And, you know, it, it sucks because they want to have both of those tight ends on the field. They want to have, you know, short routage opportunities for Josh Allen, quick valves, and then they want to have those blockers out there. But, yeah, Shakir would be awesome. And I love looking at the Sims tools, stuff stuff like this. As somebody who plays 150 lineups or, you know, for me, when I'm on shows for Live Before Lock, you know, I'm generally building out my five single or my five like max lineups, three max lineups, four different quarterbacks at the top, all with huge, crazy simulated ROI. I love seeing stuff like that. So do I, man. Now, one more thing before we go, and as always, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, It's a fun show to do every week, even though we still got a few days before the slate kicks off. Well, really only a couple because Saturday. Hit that thumbs up too. Atone for your sins if you haven't done so yet. Jordan, let's close it with this. Little top stacks action here. Go to exposure and go to top stacks. I have a, or I'm sorry, go to exposure and go to stack. Oh, you know what's coming. Stack exposure. I feel like it might be kind of spread out. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. See, it is. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, a lot of double Brock Purdy. Oh, that's awesome. 15% a lot of double, double Brock so Purdy happy. stacks. Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. What We got to do one more thing. I'm sorry, guys. I know it's a long show. Go back to lineups, Jordan. On lineups, you'll see the three dots above that. Click those. Filter by uh, Stafford. Dude, we have 13% Stafford double stacks. I need to see if... You want to see how much 2-2 you're getting, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you want to see this so bad. I I knew it was coming. I'm I so feel- with you, too. Again, 2-2 Atwell is the only one of these three core guys that played at a Power 5 school. It was Eastern Washington Cooper Cup. I went back and looked. I was right. Eastern Washington Cooper Cup and then uh, Puka Nakua BYU. Tutu Atwell, he played at a Power 5 school, had over 1,000 yards receiving. He is a dude when healthy. Damn right. So I'm seeing some QB plus threes, which includes Kyron Williams. I will not be excluding them this week. If I end up on some Matthew Stafford QB plus three with Tutu Atwell, or sorry, with Nakua, 
Cup and Kyron Williams, I think I'll be okay with that, quite frankly. With you. Yeah. Those are some good-looking lineups. My God. All of these, like, over 200% sim ROI, too. This Dude, is look at the one. Stafford, Ky- this is with Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, and Cooper Cup. Also has Hopkins. Kyle Pitts and Crafts are double tight end. But Zeke, you could, even a Zeke with the volume, like, sure, I don't love it, but that's not a that's not a lineup where you have to full out punt everybody else at all. Nope. Wow. That's actually, that's way different than I thought. I thought you'd have to punt a lot if you wanted to make that lineup. It's incredible. I like this one with uh, with Chig at tight end and then CD Lamb sitting there 9,200. You have Wandale, Juju Smith-Schuster. So th- that might be the leverage spot here, like, like finding ways off of – I think I did that the last Demario Douglas slate where I ended up just saying, you know what, I don't like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's terrible. But if he's going to be on the field, I'm going to click on him. I'm going to play him. we got to pay attention to Devontae Parker, who – I think he was limited in practice on Wednesday. He's going to be something to pay attention to, but seeing some random New England wide receivers jumping up there because everybody's sub 4K, which kind of makes everybody in play. This is eye-opening, man. I kind of love it. I love that you I can make those team. two and three-man Stafford stacks and still build a great lineup. Yeah. It's awesome. it's changed the way that we play DFS as it should. It does. Hey, follow Eric at Eric Linkless. Check out his NFL stuff over on the Odd Shopper channel. Picks coming out today uh, for basketball every day, but NFL today. All my NFL stuff for tonight's game and all the picks for every game are out there too. Uh, I'm at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter. Shout out to Jordan for producing this one. Long show, but we covered both slates, and we'll catch you guys back here for the next one on the Sim Strategy Show tomorrow at 11 Eastern. Peace.